0: You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse from across the United States. Here's your hosts.
1: Well, welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby podcast. Thank you for joining us. I am Joshua Fredlin in Colorado. I'm joined by Aaron Castro in Arizona and Liam Poach in Boston. I will also be moderating the comments section. Guys, how was your week? Um, you know, well, the fact that this worked, we're
2: going to say it was pretty good. Uh, so overall, <laughs> wasn't too bad. Um, enjoyed some time, I would say, in the thermal radiation that permeates the land of Arizona with the 115-degree weather Uh I did get a new computer, as you can see me now. I'm on my own box. Um, we, we we fixed that, uh, you know. Um, the lake, so the lake I went to swim at, it was. Have you guys like bathwater? Is the best way. Like that's how that's how warm it was. Um, yeah no no uh, it just, just that just sucks. Uh, then um, like,
3: sw- like swimming in a pond after a rainstorm, you know, it just gets it all warm. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so watch.
2: Then we uh, we went and watched the Diamondbacks thump the Nationals and took home a haboob globe. So if anyone wants to know what a haboob is, it's one of those crazy um, dust storm things that happen in the
1: desert. So that was. Hey, I, I saw you post about that Sunday. Did you get one?
2: yeah, yeah. I, it's I don't have it in the studio but i'll I'll bring it out the next time it's pretty dope
3: yeah um as far as my week went if anybody cares to listen uh I'd it was it, it, it was pretty yeah I know yeah pretty pretty uneventful uh, other than today I had the opportunity to go into the Free Jacks office uh, for only the third time since uh, since I've been back home but it was pretty uh, pr- pretty productive had a uh, good interview with Anthony Anthony Papura, so be on the lookout for that uh, at some at some point in the near future regarding the uh, Free Jacks. Uh, you know, activities over, over this uh, past off season, uh, especially regarding their work with a bunch of high school and youth programs. We're going to find out a lot more information about that. Um, so that was, so that, that set my, that set my Monday off at least on a pretty good note. What did not set me off on a good note though, was the traffic coming home. It took me almost two hours to get home from Oddsbury to Salem. Yeah. So I had, I had a choice of going directly through Boston, Which told me it was going to be like 56 minutes, but I was like, bullshit, 56 minutes because I'm going to catch like rush hour traffic. Uh, So, uh, yep, sorry, you know, distracted by something on my screen, but I thought I was going to catch rush hour traffic coming home. I decided to try to take the long, long way around, you know, and uh, ended up catching more traffic that way because of a car accident. So, that's the story of my commute, if anybody actually cared. Cheers.
1: Well, for those new to the podcast, each Monday night during the Major League Rugby season and when we feel like it, we discuss news, rumors, and abuse from Major League Rugby and the United States Professional Rugby Union. It's a chance to look at the issues, hear from the league, players, and team leadership and check in with our friends from across the U.S. rugby scene. That said, Aaron, what are we doing this week?
2: Well... Um, so for the rundown, uh, we're gonna do some PNC, some PNC, and some PNC. And then we're gonna do round three preview of the PNC. Uh, so I guess uh, more so of a of a recap for a game that neither of us watched. Um, I did see a bunch of highlights on this game. Uh, Tonga really not that disciplined. Conditions were uh, so PNC round two recap. I guess uh, Japan defeats Tonga uh 41 to seven um uh, liam will put in has in his notes he didn't watch the game neither did I. but uh the highlights i saw really it was a dominated game um by japan they they have this very offloading style of rugby a bit not like fiji but sort of but we'd like to offload a lot too and you know maybe we'll see some of that later but uh, it was just a dominating game and, uh, really they are sort of, you know, putting their hand forward to say, you know, knocking on tier one status, uh, before, you know, their game against Fiji, the, the team where you're like saying at least competitively, competitively on the field, uh, Fiji was, you know, in your top 10, whereas in, uh, when it just comes to rugby administration, JRFU, um Japanese rugby football union is you know they they making money man they they got that money um they will probably get tier one status pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. When it, especially after this rugby world cup we'll see and, and,
3: and for those that are, are, to, are that are not totally familiar with it uh being a tier one tier two tier three nation doesn't always involve the amount of matches that you win it also also involves the amount of money you're able to put forth into your uh into your national program and japan is you know as Aaron's saying nearing that threshold
2: yeah they did uh they had a pretty good one um as far as the the weekend was concerned but uh moving on uh to the meat of the show. Uh we're going to go over uh the United States win over Samoa uh 13 to 10 and also the uh well the beatdown that was <laughs> Fiji versus Canada and what could have been worse, I guess, in in that
3: sense. Leo. Yeah. Uh well, so Looks like on the script, we're talking about the PNC round one, uh, Japan versus Tonga. That was two. And, sorry, what? Round two. 21. Round two. <laughs> 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 so, oh, are, we, are we talking about USA USA versus Samoa? Yeah, we're talking
2: USA versus Samoa and then Canada versus Fiji.
3: Okay, my bad. I got all lost in the script there for a second. Still, yeah, I'm just, you know, blame it on the new platform. It has nothing to do with me being distracted. Um, So... Anyway, to get to the meat of this program, this game was kind of annoyingly slow, in my opinion. Tons of mistakes on both sides. Uh, However, sometimes the mark of true improvement is winning really close games and not just blowing opponents out every contest. So, you know, if you want to see some sort of silver lining to this game, maybe you can look at it from that perspective. In which case, you know, hey, we, we were able to win the close one. We were able to grid it out and get the victory. Um, Overall though, it was pretty hard to tell who, what exactly went really well and what didn't for the USA, uh, for the USA, because there was a lot of stop and go due to the amount of penalties on both sides. Uh, I thought the lack of fluidity really hurt one's ability to get, you know, kind of a full gauge on how, Uh, on how how well anything was going because there wasn't a whole lot of chance to follow through, especially, uh, I know, on starter plays out of the set piece. Um, But there was definitely some exciting instances, though, uh, such as Ash McGinty's near-grubber try um, assist um, that, you know, had the try zone actually been full uh, regulation size, it would have been a try. But, you know, no use crying over spilled milk. We got the victory anyway. Uh, Despite that, though, you know, I just want to say Ash McGinty is still one of the most, you know, he, he's one. He's one of the best pieces that the, this USA team has to work with, and I feel like in the last two years, Ashmugindi Gitti's kind of been talked about less and less, just because we have so many emerging stars from Major League Rugby that he's kind of, you know, becoming kind of an outsider in in in, US, in the in you know in USA rugby fandom. You know, as more people start to familiarize themselves with uh, local clubs and local teams. But, you know, you start to kind of forget he is one of the best USA uh, uh, eligible players in the world right now. And it's really good that we have him, especially for a tournament like this on the way to the World Cup.
2: Bit of a sloppy match from the U.S. Eagles standpoint. Uh, I'm sure, you know, the same for Steven Jackson's Samoa side. We just really we're not able to to convert where we wanted to, we had a bunch of lineouts in like at the five meter right in the corner. And uh, the the Samoa defense was either able to, you know, sack those malls that we got, or, you know, we, we'd turn over the, turn over the ball at the, at the breakdown or uh, even within the ruck, which was a problem because that we had that same issue against Canada, except, you know, we were playing Canada and we had physical overmatch and just were better. Uh, But this is, in this game, physically much more evenly matched, uh, but our our ball security issues uh, sort of, you know, really came out. And part of that had to do with, you know, for all I know, we actually worked a lot on ball security and the wet conditions. It rained during our match, although it did not rain during the Fiji Canada match, which is but it was still pretty wet. Um, You know, we just weren't able to to convert a lot of uh, our possessions that were deep inside Samoa's territory, especially in the first half. Uh, For some reason, you know, Blaine made the decision at times to uh, go for, uh, to, to kick to the corner and use our set piece, which really speaks to, a lot about the confidence in our driving mall and what we want to do physically to another team. And I I think, you know, using our mall to punish the other to Samoa really, you know, did pay some dividends, but I think there's three decisions. If you look where we had, you know, good shots on goal where AJ could have just slotted it and we would have six or nine points, uh, from those penalties uh you know in in the scrum we i thought we really played played well especially uh chance wingleski uh for the most part uh i want to say david Ayunu and patty ryan when they came on there was a bit of a bit of a difference especially for patty ryan who was going up against Pola. so their backup uh loose head prop is you know Pola is he's he's a stud and, uh, you know, he was getting pretty wrecked by him. And then I, I'm sure uh, there was a bunch of, sir, can you look at? It? And then uh, I think Mullapola had to start driving straight against uh, Patty Ryan. And, and although he was still getting beat, there was stability, which would allow us to get our ball out from the scrum. Uh, one of the things for this game, uh, you know, Liam says not something not really, you know, one of the things, the thing that popped out again in this game was defense. Our defense continued to play with uh, physical intensity where, you know, previously we've been soft, especially against a physical team like Samoa. But uh, I I don't really know what we were trying to do other than use our set piece to punish an attack and score tries. If the intent is to continue to score as many tries as possible, I get it. Like we, we're going to need to score tries against the likes of England, Argentina, and France. Uh, you know, Samoa, I, they played some good defense, but on attack, it, it seemed fairly rudimentary. Try to use their ball carriers in places where it just would not work. Uh, like it may have in past years where they would have just blown up our defense. We we played, uh, you know, very physical uh, stuff and it, it showed, I, you know, uh, I think, you know, Nigel didn't ref, that great of a game. I think he also made up for some calls. Uh, Everyone talked about, Hey, what about this call here? And, you know, given the amount of possession that Samoa had and deep in our half in the second half of the game without the wind, I really don't care because they had enough possession and the ball in the right part of the pitch where they could have, they could have figured this out, but our defense tightened up. And got the ball turned over, or they committed a penalty. And you know, when it came to discipline, both of these teams committed a lot of penalties, and it was just very stop, start, stop, start, blah, blah, blah.
3: Um, I'm sorry, what, what, what wasn't it like only like a total of like 10 minutes that Samoa uh had the ball like in like inside of like of our end or like in like inside of our 22 or something like that? I, I remember them saying, yeah,
2: it, I, it I it need came. to look that up, but they definitely didn't have the ball much inside our 22 in the first half.
3: Like we were just basically. It, you know, it, it like, was well, definitely a big disparity from what, when I heard this stat. I can't quite remember what the number was. But
2: I mean, we, we definitely did not allow them the ability to run their attack with the way we played physical and fast defense. So um, that's that uh, when it comes to this game, I, I, I know what part of what we're trying to do which is, you know, set piece attack, use the set piece. The other part, I don't know what we're trying to do. I think we want to use kicks in open play, but the conditions just really haven't allowed us to do that a lot. And then we didn't need to do that a lot against Canada to get what we wanted to do. And and of course, you know, AJ does that, put that kick in play. And geez, Martin Yosefo. Like he had an okay game. He had some spots where you're just like Martin. And then you're like Martin, you know, like he, he had a real, like somewhat of an up and down game, but you know, in, in a lot of ways you're, you under, you can tell there's a reason why he's out there. Cause he's just this big physical fast winger that tackles, that goes to work, all that fun stuff. And he would have gotten that try if that, Freaking tri zone was a 10 meter tri zone instead of actually
3: freaking regulation. Well, we not regulation. Well, I mean, full regulation. Well, full reg, if it was full regulation, man, if it was 22 meter tri zone, we're talking. But uh, hold on, uh, isn't Glendale only a six meter tri, uh, angle?
2: I want to say Glendale, Seattle, and um, six sounds about right, San Diego. Are all short.
0: Yeah, although I'm pretty I sure Glendale. I, 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 I would say Glendale
2: could give you another meter or two, based on. Oh, how definitely,
3: I definitely.
2: Um, I feel
1: like San Diego could go longer too. Oh yeah,
2: I think they could. Um, especially if they I would say if they push the field, like where the posts in, if where the posts are in, if they push the field to the west a little bit, they would. It would give them more Sorry. It would give them – because, like, where the tri-zone tri is on the, the east end, it's pretty shallow. Like, when there's not much left. So you'd have to, like, put the post holes further, like,
1: a couple of meters to the west to get, like, that extra ground. But there is space for it. So uh, just so people can understand, moving away from the stands? Moving away from the east side, yeah. You'd have to move the post holes west by, like, three meters. Okay.
3: Because there's Welcome no to the, the landscape architecture podcast, of San Diego.
2: <laughs> um, uh, venue construction, um, <laughs> of course, I'm in, in law school, so uh, yeah, that's a that you got to take a
3: drink today. We're discussing Torero Stadium,
2: but um, yeah, uh, you know, in, in this, we're gonna play really good defense, is what I'm seeing, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the pod. But Liam, did you get a chance to catch Canada at all?
3: No, I did not uh, get so, the chance to, to watch Canada. So, I well, granted
2: you're on the East Coast, but uh, um, Brooke and I really made it a date night. I uh, I went and got a nice Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, and
3: you're a red she, wine man, I see.
2: Well, I I'm a I am can drink white, but here's why I, I went and got a ribeye. Um, you know, I got she, she didn't want to, she doesn't like ribeyes because she thinks it's too fatty, Eh, you know. But I went and got myself a ribeye. I got her, uh, I think it was a London broil and uh, pan seared that and put it in the oven and then pulled it out. And right when she got home, like the anthems had just started, it was perfect. perfect. And uh, you know, and uh, you know, then we stayed up and we, we watched the Fiji game, um, and you know, oh Canada, what are you doing? <laughs> Thirty-eight to thirteen, and it it wasn't close. Like this, uh, it it looks close because of the scoreline in the first half. Because Fiji made made some mistakes, but I'm not really sure what their attack plan was here. Uh, if they were trying to just be, if they were trying to out physical uh, Fiji. That ain't gonna happen. Like, I mean. These guys are, you know, genetically so much different than the rest of us. They that that team like physical specimens at every position. Uh, Fiji is, uh, so they didn't have Ardrin, and they put Olmstead on the bench. They end up losing both their starting locks, which is insane in the first half. Uh, I understood the point of having O'Leary and Nelson on the same, on the pitch together. Uh, Nelson is normally a fullback. So putting him at fullback was great. And then you have, you know, two first five eights out there uh, with uh, O'Leary playing fly half and Nelson at at fullback. And that you have two playmakers together and really means that you're going to put Nelson in more of an attacking role. I would think considering he was playing fly half, but i yeah i don't know o'leary i thought had a good game but uh outside of that it was just pretty rough fiji if this game was played in much drier conditions they probably would have run over canada by 60 points the physical nature of the game was just amazing to see what they could do uh if we were in the same pool as them they would scare the shit out of me um their their offloads were sort of like angelic. The physics of it made zero sense. They had some handling errors. In fact, they had a lot, which sort of kept Canada in the game early on. But just how far their offloads would go made no sense. It was it was something. So yeah, Canada's gonna play. I think they play Tonga next, and yeah, I, I guess we'll preview that sort of, but. Um, Moving on to the round three preview. Um, so Liam, and I are going to take a little bit of look at Japan. Uh, should I be scared? Am I resigned for a loss? Uh, don't be such a grouch. At this point, I, I feel like we've had a successful campaign, uh, with the PNC. Although I think a loss is likely to happen considering how they played Fiji and considering how they played Tonga. Uh, I still think that we will be prepared to dictate a, a physical match against Japan. Uh, if the match is dry, I, we we will have to be very physical. We will have to play at a good tempo of rugby because their defense is going to bring the line speed, just like we're going to bring the line speed and we're going to overload and we're going to attack a w- with our defense. We didn't really see how we wanted to go on attack in either of the last two matches Uh Outside of just using our dominant set piece, the last time we defeated Japan, um, which was the last time we played, was during the 2015 warm ups, and things for both teams were different. Um, I don't think they had the Sun Wolves in 2015, rest in peace, uh, but they have had the Sun Wolves since. Uh, they've also had a pro league for roughly 16 years. We didn't have M.L.R., so our players are conditioned. We've had a true camp. Really look forward to this contest for for Canada versus Tonga. You know, I think it's going to be a tough contest for them physically. Uh, They've got Tonga has some nasty guys. Like, they are massive. Uh, They don't really match up well. In fact, I don't think Canada has matched up physically that well with any team since, you know, we played them. I thought they might have, but, you know, when we got out to the pitch, there there really was a lot of overmatch. Uh, Canada is going to be a lot more disciplined in a lot of areas, so I suspect that's going to be a closer game. Could they bounce back from the Fiji match? Unsure. I really don't know. If Tonga fall apart against Canada, I suppose that is good news for the World Cup when we play them.
3: Yeah, no, most definitely. So, I, I went ahead and took a little bit, uh, but took a bit of a numbers perspective on this game. So, Japan, like the U.S., currently undefeated in the PNC, uh, having scored thirty-four and forty-one points respectively in their matches against Fiji and Tonga. For an average of about 37 and a half points a game while defeating their opponents by an average margin of 23 and a half points. Meanwhile, the Eagles have also won their last two matches of the tournament, with one being as we as we discussed, slightly less convincing uh, versus Canada. Uh, in their last two games, the Eagles have scored an average of 30 points. Uh, but that's mainly thanks to our round one blowout of Canada. Meanwhile, our average margin of victory has been about 15 and a half. So are the numbers on our side? Not technically, but after coming off a third ARC Championship as well as with the World Cup looming, you kind of want to hope the Eagles have a little bit more hitch in their giddy-up. So I'm going to say Eagles by three just for the hell of it.
2: Josh, are you going to take right. us into this the sexy
1: period? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was mesmerized by Liam's voice. <laughs> but it's time for everyone's favorite segment, questions from Bob. all right first up from pierce Loban. is there any truth to the rumors that vegas obets vancouver and halifax have started the bid process with major league rugby so
2: i've heard so rumors with vegas but there's a lot of concrete stuff there like there's a lot going on there um you know I, i would say with of the of those four markets that is the most concrete one um uh an Ohio Obetz type thing uh, there is some interest there but there's really not a lot of conf- concrete stuff that I can tell you so far there was rumors that they had purchased Austin Elite and Austin Elite would move to Obetz Ohio in 2021 there is no foundation to that um although there have been some conversations I did find that out so you know, that is what it is. Vancouver and Halifax? Yeah, no. There, there is Zilch. Um,
3: I want there to be a Halifax team. Like, I, I, I don't believe it's true for a second. I know all the problems that would make it, you know, not not viable, but I want it to be just because Ooh. of Trailer Park Boys. Like it would that be would be kind of
2: fun. I mean,
3: why not? Yeah. Do you like do you does everyone like rain? Because yeah, oh, rain's good, eh? <laughs> just you know just well, what nature giving you a shower if you're sticky there don't you know eh?
1: hey i love the rain man it smells oh, great
3: don't you know <laughs> Se- seattle they like the rain there eh, too yeah <laughs> uh
2: but yeah so i mean nothing too too really concrete on well from what i've gathered there's a lot more stuff going on in Vegas than the rest of these and the Vegas bid if the things I've been told are correct or remotely correct based on the fact that Brian Ray's like they've got uh you know land off the strip and they're gonna develop a complex I'm like okay um off the strip is you know there's a vast there's a vast amount of land off the strip so what i don't know what that means but uh, i think vegas is is your next shot um for it for an expansion team after um the other confirmed team that is that we're waiting to hear the announcement of
3: yeah uh, i was gonna say either uh vegas or obets ohio just uh you know obets Obviously, like ever since they got the little taste of the PRO team with the Ohio Aviators, I think they've been craving a lot more. Tiger Rugby obviously has some pretty firm roots there in the region as well. It would definitely make sense. But like Aaron said, there's a lot going on in Vegas. There's a lot that would be really... Uh, you know, attractive about the region for them to move there. So yeah, nothing confirmed, nothing concrete, but we'll see how things shake up uh, in the future.
2: I mean, that market is really rabid right now. They, they're wanting sports. Uh, uh, I guess when the diamondbacks sort of opened up their RFPs, it, There was a bunch of drama this week about that. I guess someone got like broke open, got some FOIA request with the city of Henderson, and they found out that the city of Henderson had signed a bunch of NDAs with the Diamondbacks. Uh, And then the Diamondbacks come out and be like, "Yeah, we were surprised in the interest, but uh, they uh, have talked to a, a few other Major League Baseball teams about moving there too. So we're trying to stay here in Arizona for a while." I mean we've got a long ass lease
1: and you know I say, isn't, it pretty, isn't that lease pretty team friendly too?
2: Oh yeah like it allows them to sort of explore whatever and they also have full operational control of the venue until like 2025. So I mean if you basically if your lease gives you operational operational control that means you you basically own the building with without sort of owning it, which is kind of cool.
1: Uh, so moving on from William Stillwell. Do you know the status of Josh Farno and Joe Peterson for the San Diego Legion as far as them returning in 2020?
3: Nothing specific that I have heard personally. I mean, I wouldn't
2: spend the money on a visa if I wasn't getting them back. Uh just, just saying. Um Joe Peterson, that dude's coming back. Like he's got I mean, he's got like talk about a guy that was captaining this. A finalist. Like, come on. Like he's coming back. for no, I I've got nothing. Um, I know that Joe is definitely enjoying his um conservationist safari uh charity um he's got going on in South Africa right now.
1: But I think he's just
2: sort of enjoying it and you know, chilling till preseason.
1: All uh, right. Next question is from rugby bean. If for you Americans is playing Japan like when England plays Germany,
3: Jesus, man. So, I this so
2: <laughs> I think things have improved quite a lot since World War II. I, I think, um, unless this After is, we
3: forced I, the I, Japan army to disarm and brought them freedom. I'm pretty sure this is like,
2: I did Google this. I guess England and Germany have a soccer rivalry. Yeah, um, I don't follow soccer that much, so I couldn't tell you. Uh, As far as that rivalry existing with Japan, we don't play Japan that much in rugby, so I can't really say it's sort of the same, but the last time out, we beat them, so um, maybe not. I mean, unlike the German versus England soccer rivalry where germany holds the the lead
1: in the series
3: yeah there's not a whole lot of people still holding grudges from the
1: 1940s but hey you never know yeah all right from our name from this segment's namesake bobby Boberson would like to know you guys probably touched we'll pro- touch on this in the match preview but how do you go about neutralizing the quick offloads that japan is using to neutralize big hitters
3: Oh, sorry. I thought this was your opportunity to answer, Aaron. My bad. Uh, Keep the gats tight. Make sure uh, you're supporting your teammates on defense just as you would on offense. Uh, You know, be there to set the ruck and make sure that, you know, the game is moving, you know, that you're controlling the pace and the game isn't moving ahead of you. Uh,
2: You know, stick to to your assignments. Sort of the same thing. Execute tackles. Get the double tackle to wear down ball carriers would be the – just, you know. We haven't had a really good game yet, so – have a really good game
3: is the best way i can put it that's good
1: next question kind of similar to the last question from bzh jjm what is the one thing that if the eagles do perfectly will give them the best chance against japan all security in the first half
3: uh kind of related but second half discipline don't give it
1: away um, I will add one other thing to that that somebody actually posted on Reddit to response to this question is uh, set pieces. What do you guys think?
2: Uh, I mean, if we we good. did not execute them against Samoa like we did against Canada. So, yeah, if we
1: execute all our set pieces,
2: it's, it's going to be a good day, I think. you
1: know. Uh, one last question, and this was actually brought to our attention by our friend Adam Downey Keen, at Downey Keen on both Reddit and Twitter. Um, the Griffins Rugby Twitter handle has updated their profile to include MLR information. What do you guys make of that?
2: Um,
3: I wasn't aware of that, but I, now I, 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 I mean,
2: I I clicked on it because I saw the, the tweet from Adam, um, and it's true. He changed the whoever is running that handle, changed the photo, um, updated the photo. But, uh, I mean, if you talk to people from Dallas, there's there's like nothing going on, like no outreach to clubs, sort of. And not that, that needs to be the only thing you do, but you need to sort of having those conversations so you at least build your community up before you make this announcement so that when you make this announcement, the community is there to go you know stuff like that.
3: Uh, that went on a second too long air, in that <laughs> yeah, I, so that so was just like a, like a beat too 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 long to be too awkward. Yeah,
2: um, I, Pierce uh, sent in a question later on Facebook. He asked if NBC Sports Gold is going to be streaming the World Cup. I know
3: that they're going it, to it be and will be. It, it it's going to be, but it is not connected to the package that you may have uh, purchased uh, the PNC yeah, so with. the the
2: World Cup NBC Gold package, I don't think is for sale yet, and they have not released a price, which is kind of annoying because
3: I I sort of want to know. Um, I hope it's under hundred. It's, it's it's a mo- it's a month away. Like, I
2: hope it's under one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs>
3: yeah, Uh-oh. me fucking too, dude.
2: Uh, so there's that. Uh, but their coverage isn't just going to be on uh, NBC Sports Gold. There's going to be some NBCSN games. I think all the U.S. games uh, are on delay on NBCSN. There's going to be some live games on NBCSN, and I think there's an All Blacks game that is on at something like 8 p.m. Pacific uh, on the Peacock. Uh,
1: Do do we know – or excuse me, has the broadcast schedule been released yet?
2: Uh, no, this is just me with some sort of inside info. Actually, it might be. I, I need to yeah. look up NBC. I'm trying to find it, can't it find
3: the World Cup. A um, thought that often occurs to both me and Aaron is: Does this violate my NDA? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. It's like, uh, how hard are these coals upon which I am walking? Currently? Did I talk
0: about this?
2: <laughs> Um, so like the schedule is out, but I don't have, like, I don't have times on NBC's page, so I can't really, I got nothing. The game, let me, New Zealand versus South Africa, which is match number four, is supposed to be on NBC, the Peacock, which is a Saturday. So I guess that'll be a Friday that's the only game I know of that's supposed to be on the peacock but there's supposed to be more so
1: and I think in 2015 they did the semis and the final on the peacock uh, maybe I know they definitely did the final so
2: well really oh wait yeah. never mind never mind I was I was in the field that's why I didn't see the World Cup never mind I, I,
1: I, I, <laughs> yep yeah, I was in the desert so we'll, we'll try and get the schedule out to you guys whenever it comes out. Yeah,
2: pretty much. So, there you uh,
1: go. Um, I think that's it for questions, unless you guys have anything else. Uh,
2: not really a question. I guess, so, the Sabercats announced on Thursday that they were going to announce their coach hire on Tuesday. Um, I mean, so, it's sort of out. It was on Reddit. I think i saw it on twitter somewhere maybe i didn't see it on twitter maybe i saw it on facebook somewhere but supposedly supposedly their head coach's name is paul healy um if anyone knows who paul healy is or doesn't he uh coached germany he coached brazil and he coached chile i believe maybe he also coached your wife for some reason i thought he was a kiwi but he's an australian um but he's he's been around sort of the tier two uh tier three, um, world rugby paid four coaching circuit for a little bit. Uh, if it's not him, then I, I have no idea because that sort of seems to be the prevailing notion. But like I said, I read it on Twitter and then asked around and they're like, I think, like, I think that's him. So it,
3: it, it's a possibility, but there's always the, you know, the, there's also always the possibility that Houston comes out of left field on this decision, which believe me is an entire, entire possibility.
2: So I, I think it's Paul Healy. Um, overall, pretty good coach. Uh, Question is, uh, you know, who are his other assistants going to be? Paul Emmerich is signed as an assistant. Uh, so they need a forwards coach. They need, Somebody else I think An attack coach Because I think Unless Paul is actually The attack coach Not the skills coach Don't know I I should probably Ask him Um, But yeah uh, So Needs Needs to hire A forwards coach And go from there If that's him
3: And I'm not sure If they got Coach Neil Down there still But I would love To hear his accent Telling the guys To go through Phases again
1: (laughs) All right, well, Aaron, you added kind of a final thought, but anything else, Dad, before we get out of here? Uh,
2: I get to see my first tier one versus tier one test this weekend. Um, for all those that want to go to Australia, um, I'm going to tell you what it's like uh, flying 29 hours to to go to Western Australia uh, next show. If I'm well, if I'm not in bed because. It'll probably be two weeks. That's like 27, week. 29 hours that way and 27 hours back. And I'm only going to be there for three and a half days.
3: So there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Screw spending that much time on an airplane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Liam, anything else?
3: Go Eagles, baby. Uh, oh. Yeah. That feels really dirty to say go US team USA. That
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> beats Japan. Yeah, beat Japan. There we go. Patriots suck, by the way. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> on our way out, please note that all opinions expressed on this broadcast are those of the hosts and guests who didn't necessarily reflect the beliefs or practices of Major League Rugby, teams, or the league. Aaron Castro is employed by Major League Rugby, and Leo Poch is employed by the New England Free Jacks. Be sure to tune in next week. We're live each mo- on YouTube each Monday night and available on your favorite podcast platform each Wednesday morning. If you like what we do please subscribe to our youtube and itunes feeds it helps other folks find us please also leave us a review i don't think we've gotten a five-star itunes review in a while we will read them on air hook us up man hook us up is it like itunes going away or something like that i think each section is becoming its own thing or whatever but uh, and be sure to share your own news views and abuse with us on facebook twitter and instagram you can find us at earful of dirt and join us on reddit you can find us at reddit.com slash r slash ml rugby thank you for listening and we'll see you next whenever we decide to come back
0: thank you for listening to earful of dirt the major league rugby podcast we're live each monday night on youtube available for download every wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider and always online at earfulofdirt.com subscribe to our channel on youtube and like us on facebook Twitter, and Instagram. You can share your thoughts with us via our voicemail by calling 720-600-2679. We're live again next Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you then.